Hi, Elsie. Hello, Jess. I'm Peachy. Are you? <laughs> We've been having a pretty uh, heated conversation here on the pre-show all about... Yeah. Because I, I think that we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. It's not something that um, doesn't need to be talked about. I just think that you know, men so. and the society in general just have a very um, sombering day of reckoning coming. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. better get ready. Yeah. They better get on yeah. ready. Oh, I think that what's making, you know, what irks me the most is that it's um, that the conversations around gender, mm-hmm. you know, gender issues. And let's let's just keep it to gender in like media, since that's what we're kind of talking all about. Right. They all stay at a specific level of com- conversation, like nothing goes beyond percentages. Okay. And like data and well it says here that you know you know i don't know 49% of women are doing this or only 30% or only 20% of women are in positions of power or you know you you start to gather all this data up and and the conversation stays at we need to change mm-hmm. that you know how to start changing it stop talking about how what percentage of people stop making exactly. it such a big deal that you're now <gasps> documenting the amount of women doing everything like they're like it's planet of the apes and they're walking amongst us yep. now like it's not that noteworthy yes. okay we're nope. here we're sometimes queer get used to it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that was bad but like it just annoys me. This article, we were in the pre-show talking about the article about um, podcasting. There's room for women at the table. Thanks. Great. <laughs> drives me nuts. Yeah. I like that there's a conversation. Number one, you know, Sarah, the, the woman who wrote um, the article there, she's been doing articles um, for Forbes for a while now. And she's she's done an excellent job at... Um, actually talking about things from a completely different perspective than it's usually um, talked about uh, around podcasting specifically, right. specifically, you know, issues that are arising. I've been really impressed with what she's chosen to focus on in the podcasting space, specifically because it's on mm-hmm. Forbes. And I feel that that's a really strong, strong site. And hey, she's a woman. So she's she's encouraging this type of conversation in in sort of like a, a pretty mainstream site talking about these issues. Now this article that came up, I thought that at the beginning of it, what did you, you had a big <laughs> Elsie? Yes. Would you ever write an article yes. that says there's room for Hispanics in podcasting? No, uh, I don't. I'm not. So let's not no, congratulate probably... her for being female, shall we? No, no. What I'm no, all I'm saying, I just said she happens to be that she's having that right. conversation now. I don't want to villainize her t- because also, she's lovely. But Yes, no. And here's the other thing, too, though. In a lot of those places, you don't know what her initial title was. I don't know how Forbes work. All I know is that there was a piece that was written about me on Entrepreneur mag- Magazine. Actually, it was a it was a pitched to be a Huffington Post piece. It had like about five to 10 different titles. And then all of a sudden it wasn't on Huffington Post. It was going to be on Entrepreneur, which was great. And then the title also was totally different than what I initially thought it was going to be. And then all of a sudden had this other title. And I was like, okay, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me because I didn't write it. But at the same time, I also knew that the person who was writing this article also didn't really have a choice 
when you push those articles, you don't know if she actually wrote the title for that. I mean, it that's the true. They do have people. editors, those evil bastards, and they can sometimes really yeah, so mess up that. your art. Exactly. <laughs> you got me there. And so there's that. I'm not, I'm just, you I'm just putting You're right. that out there as You're a possibility. And, and also, you know, there's people who write those articles specifically so that you can get like that conversation started. Now, my only complaint really is that I believe, you know, especially the first half of the article, I really was intrigued by what she was getting at. You know, I really liked the quotes that she had from another podcast that she listens to, which I believe is Millions, where they were talking about um, certain specific conversations of women in different spaces in any kind of industry, really. It wasn't like the media industry just specifically, but they were talking about the uh, per, the purse industry or the fat. I don't know what, what if that's an industry. Is that the purse industry an industry? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like a product industry or whatever. And then they were talking about venture capitalists and, and women getting money from venture capitalists mm-hmm. and what that is about. And I thought like, oh, positioning it from this perspective, I thought was mm-hmm. really intriguing. I just felt that that conversation then needed to come to more. You know, it felt like it was an unfinished article to me where there was this point that was started to be made, but it never was carried through. And the data around podcasting, which is what I was telling you before, around women in podcasting isn't really, there isn't that much of it and like that can be really verified as to how many female hosts there really are out there. And even though I feel that there is a strong, I get asked that all the time. So how, you know, how has the industry changed? Well, obviously, yeah, there are more women right now, but it's, there's, that's not the issue here. I continue to bring that back. And I think that it's just that the percentages that are out there, particularly all of them quoting iTunes, Mm -hmm. And new and noteworthy or the top 100 or all that kind of stuff where they're focusing in on that are uh, not representative of the entire podcasting space. Not even close. Not even close. No, you're right. It's frustrating. You know, I'm so sensitive to this issue that I'm like jumping down people's throats like yeah. I feel like there. This is what I mean by like a somber day of reckoning. Like I'm, I'm so sensitive to the fact that I'm being patronized. That I like. Oh man, my husband and I got in quite a tizzy yesterday over it because I know I didn't even. It's both of our faults, to be honest. But like, so as usual, agency stuff. I want one database right. where I can get all the show information, such as headshot, um, description, but then also downloads per month, per episode, the frequency, the show length, also what pricing, also all the social media data, how many likes, you know, either in a daily up to date change or like a monthly auto change, something. And I've been researching this now for eight, nine months because I've been doing this a while and I, and I haven't found it. I found a tool that I think does the trick, but I'm not quite sure how to use it. And so I was in, you know, I was in bed padiddling and I was like, you know what I should really do is have you be in charge of this database, meaning the tool that I have. And he goes, why? What uh-huh. are you doing? Like all interested. What are you doing? And I go, what? And I just explain what I explained to you, what I'm trying to have. And he goes, Oh, what you need is a data mart. And I was like, 
no, I don't. I just need somebody to use this tool so that I don't have to. And he goes, no, what you need is one database. It can be built in this amount of time and it needs to pull this from here and this from here and RSS feeds and API and REST API. And I was like, no, I just, no, I don't need any of that. I said that you're talking about hiring developers and months worth of work. Oh, no, it won't take that long at all. I work with this all the time. I do this all the time. This is what I do all day. And then I'm like, no, but I don't really, you know, I don't have the means to do what you're saying. I'm not Disney. I'm me. Like, I can't right. work with Comcast and create market warehouses of data. Like, what are you talking about? Well, let me just do some research. This is what you need. And then when I tell him no, then he gets mad. Oh, you're just like every other business client that we have. You just never respect the technologists and what they go through and how you don't want it done right. You just want it done fast. You know what you need, but you have no idea how to go about it. I'm like, okay. Oh, no. So then I say, listen, you just came up into my world and manned all over it. Remember how I said you LC'd all over that question? I totally yes, pulled this with yes. him. I'm like, you just, I said, this is exactly why we created She Podcasts. Because when I ask a simple question about how to get a simple database, I don't want to hear that I have to build a whole warehouse and hire four developers. I just want you to look at what the spreadsheet I have and tell me how to make it easier. This is why no men are allowed in she podcast mm. ever because you're mansplaining and he got very hurt. He was so angry mm. with me. How dare you say I'm mansplaining? I was like, do you know the definition of mansplaining? <laughs> like I said, it is what he did, right? So like, do you know what the definition of mansplaining is? He said, yes. I said, it's when you explain to someone in a condescending or patronizing way what they need because you think that they don't understand. Because he kept saying, do you know what a data mart is? I'm like, I don't need to know what it is. I also just need to know, you know, you just need to know that I don't need that. It doesn't matter what it is. I, oh, it was so frustrating, Elsie. And then, and then, you know, and he was talking to me in a condescending way because now he's transferring some BS that he's dealing with at work where like his, you know, internal clients don't, you know, and that's very true that the mar most marketing people do not respect the tech department and vice versa in a corporate setting. That just it never works. They don't work together well. So now I'm the marketing asshole and he's the tech nerd and we're playing out some weird thing that we've both had to deal with before. And it just got terrible. And I was just like, I just, he goes, maybe I just shouldn't work with you because you don't respect what I do. And I'm like, I do respect what you do. I said, but you know, you're supposed to be a consultant. I said, you're a consultant. How come you did all the talking in the last hour? You didn't ask me any questions about what I needed, when I needed it, what yeah. I had to do, how fast I had to do it. I said, yesterday it took me four hours to create a proposal for someone, and then I accidentally hit delete, and I lost the whole thing. And it's because oh, I'm pulling man. information from iTunes and spreadsheets and ProsperWorks and yeah. everything else. I just need one place for it all, and I need it so that when I'm on a call tomorrow... I can pull it from somewhere. You didn't ask me anything and you wouldn't let me interrupt you to tell you what I need. Every time I told right. you what I needed, you kept arguing with me. I said, you, you can't know what I need more than me. It's just impossible. I said, what kind of, I said, this is how you work at Comcast. It's amazing. They put up with you and they got pissed about that. So then I got, and I was like, I need a drink. So I come downstairs to, and I, and I just, it occurs to me out of nowhere. I'm like, he got all bossy and authoritative with me because he was enthusiastic and I'm an asshole. So I was like, mm. oh, dear. So then I come back upstairs and I'm like, is it possible that you were being bossy and obnoxious because you were excited to help me with my data? And he was like, 
why are you asking me this? And I was like, because I just have a feeling that you're hurt because I accused you of pumping up your ego and really you're just excited to be part of it. And now I feel like a jerk. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, for once you asked me about something I actually know about. So I was like, all right. But still, he did mansplain all over that for real. I mean, whether or not I mean, and it doesn't and actually mansplaining does not have, you know, its origin story is not relevant. (laughs) It is what it is. It does not matter if you're doing it because you're excited or if you're doing it because you think the woman is stupid. But he would never have talked to that that way to a man, first of all. Secondly, he would have never talked that way to a coworker. I'm his wife. That's why he talked to me that way. And that pissed me off. So I was just like, you know, even if you do know about this, like, I'm the CEO. You work for me. You're not going to know what I need more than me. And you're not going to need know the application until you shut your mouth and ask me. Let me talk, not you. So he was like, I guess you're right. But like, this is how sensitive that I've become to being explained and talked down to because either it happened because it happened so often and for so long. We just had to put up with it. Now, finally, the presidential candidate, you can see our presidential candidate putting up with it. And it's like all of a sudden it's unleashed this permission for me to call them out on it. And so I want to. (laughs) And so I want to. You know, I never thought about it because I was I kept trying to figure out like because I hadn't actually heard of mansplaining before. today or before this election or before what? No, not before today. But just before, I guess within the uh, past three years, maybe, you know, so it was a new concept. I still, I'm still not quite understanding like exactly when it's happening and when it's not, because I have also done what he has done. Okay. Mansplaining to other people. No, no, you don't have to explain it to me. What I'm saying is that I have done this to my partner as well. And I am not a man. Okay. So I want to know like what the difference is because there's times when I get irritated and I'm like, well, you need, like I know the answer. I know the solution. This is what you need to do. This is what this is what needs to happen. You need this, this and this and this and this and this. Do and this. you say it in a way that masculates him or do you just say what he needs? No, then you're not. No, I don't say it as in, I don't. Yeah. If you don't say things like. If you don't say words like you don't know what you need or you're wrong. Listen to me. Or, or I do this for a living. You don't know what you're talking about. If you don't say those types of phrases, then you're not actually mansplaining. You're explaining. There's a difference. All right. Well, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. And see, here's the other thing too, because I was thinking also what the difference was for she, for why when we're in she podcast, there's less than that. And I think it's because at least from my, I guess in my vision around digital media and women's voices out there is that there is no way, no right way to do it with the tools, only that the voice is heard. And if all of these extra tools are going to in some way inhibit the woman or the potential podcaster from actually getting their voice out, that's the wrong tool. Yeah. So whenever somebody asks, hey, like one of our, our, our clients, one of our, the, you know, the, one of the last ones that we had, Chrissy, where she's like, she's in Costa Rica. She cannot get a microphone. She has very limited accessibility to bandwidth. 
there are many, there are limitations to her ability to get her stuff out there that are unusual for the most of us. It would, it would be irresponsible of me to, to tell her, well, you need to have a proper mic. You need to have at least this kind of a connection. You need to make sure your podcast is only this, you know, it needs to be this, um, this type of podcast. Because there are so many things that are be like, well, I can't do that. Well, I can't do that. Well, I can't, obviously I can't podcast then. You know, it would be such a negative experience where she does have something to say. And if we are, if we are experts in the industry, we will give her the tools so that she can get her voice out there, regardless of the microphone in the bed or her bandwidth or whatever, regardless of her situation so that she could get what yeah, she needs. I mean, said. I just remember when we started She Podcast, my biggest problem was that, oh, how do I figure out how many subscribers I have? Well, you need to run your, or you need to do a feed burner and then run the feed burner RSS through the Libsyn RSS. And then you need to count the number of this by the, by the frequency of that. And I was just like, no, this all sounds very complicated. I don't want to do any of that. I don't want to do any of that. And I just remember every time I would try and interview a male versus a female, you know, they would just turn on their Skype and go. Men are like checking levels and like, you know, hanging egg carton. And I mean, at the time, I was just like, <laughs> way to overcomplicate this interview. Like, all you need to do is call into Skype and always with the I don't know. I just always felt like they were complicating the hell out of it because it was technical. I mean, I, I now respect and appreciate more um, that it should sound better and that probably my Lady Business Radio episodes didn't sound so great. But still, I feel like, you know, if I say I want all my data in one place, this is how I described what he did to me. I told him I wanted to cook a hamburger. And rather mm -hmm. than just, you know, I mean, Scott knows I have $10 and that I live across the street from the grocery store. But rather than just say, go right. to Giant and get salt, pepper and ground beef, what he said was, there are these wonderful organically grass fed cows in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. And you go there and then you kill it very softly, <laughs> you know, and then you <laughs> grind the meat with love in your heart. Like he like he wanted me to like kill the cow. I just want a fucking burger. I don't want to know how to kill the cow. I don't want to hand grind the meat. I don't want any of those things. And then don't tell me that I don't know what I want. I, I do. I want a burger today with ketchup. That's it. And I felt like he just was like, that's the typical, to me, that's a typical man way of handling something is like, they can't just tell you how to go get a burger. They have to tell you like that you can't use this knife or it has to be flipped with this spatula or it's got to be you know, at this time of day or with this kind of humidity in the air, like enough. It can't be that complicated. Right. And I think that part of us is is trying to do that for ourselves because we have, there's too many, there's too many points of failure whenever you start to work at that level, you know, and it's, and I do believe that there are tools that are created for exactly what you want. And there is. He's sending them to me right now. This is the other part. He's right. he literally just texted me. Look at data box. Look at Domo. Yes, I have. Look at the price. <laughs> it's two hundred and fifty dollars. Right. Yeah. I right. <sighs> I think that there has there there is a there is a solution, and um, 
sometimes the easiest, simplest thing is the thing that works particularly. And and I don't want to, you know, disregard higher knowledge in this or in this space. You know, I I, I think that or experience. I completely understand. I have, you know, um, I've, you know, I. I don't know. There are some incredible pieces of software out there that are incredible, you know, and I've heard uh, so many workflows that are around them and all this kind of stuff. And I've adopted a lot of the practices, particularly the ones that work for me, right? The ones that seem to work with my brain. And nowadays, in terms of managing my everyday life and being able to have, a, in quotes, a database of things, not like you, of course, because I'm, I'm not doing that, but in terms of information that I have with me, I've really kind of taken a step back and found that doing it the analog way and having my bullet journal has absolutely 100% changed my life. Is there going to be somebody that's going to come and possibly and look at my stuff and go like, why don't you just put that on mm-hmm. the computer? You could have that and easily searchable into the computer. Yes, Mm. I can. But you know what? This has been working for me really fast. I have easy access to find things and information now at a much faster pace than if I go into my computer and start searching, where the hell did I put that file? Where is that little bit of note? Where's that note? Where's that information that I wanted? Because really it's about search for me. It's about search. It's about getting the data now. And in this analog way that I've figured out to do because it works for me, it's it's the easiest thing. Is it going to work for everybody? No. But you also have to know the way that your brain works. And I feel that, and I guess, you know, if I, if I want to talk about men and women, I feel women tend to, um, are able to mm-hmm. adapt to in different ways and create solutions given their circumstances that are really inventive and innovative. And my God, we right. can get stuff done. And if you knew the stuff that we're doing, it would seem like it's all chaotic. And why don't you just hire a nanny? Right. <laughs> you know, why don't you just? It's yeah, always why, don't you, why don't you just? But you know what? There's 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 always a time. I'm not going to sit here and explain to you why that's not an option because that's going to take a lot out of me. And you know yeah. what? It's working. I'm getting <laughs> things done. And and the other thing is like when you're ready, Jess. When you're ready to do that thing whatever that is, that bigger database, you will feel it and you will go, okay, it is time. That's how we ended the conversation. That's literally how I ended the the, the conversation. I went, thank you for the long-term solution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally, he was so, oh my God. I Perfect. If I could paint his face and the lines in his brow when this conversation was over, oh, even though I forget, you know, goodness. I... I forgave him his enthusiasm yeah, yeah. and apologized for not seeing it before. And, you know, he was like, you know, I'm just trying to help. And I'm like, yes. And you did. You gave me a long-term solution I can't afford. <laughs> so I was like, thank you. And like I said, he just sent me Databox and like like 11 minutes ago. And I just real quick texted him. I'm like, it's $250 for 50 accounts. I'm already paying 50 for that. I said, and it doesn't have API until you spend a customized price for an agency. Ask me the specs. Stop searching for tools. I've already done this. Rawr. I was like, I mean, it's so so annoying. Yeah, thank you for the long-term solution. And I can't tell you how many times I think I've said the exact same words that you just said, which was, I don't have time to explain to you why I can't do the question you just asked. I just can't. Yes. 
Exactly. It's I just too, it's yeah. too much. And then I and I also and here's the other thing too that I cannot stand and this is what tends to happen is that if we say like, "Oh yeah, I can't do that solution because of you know, and you try to keep it simple and you say like because of XYZ." Then you get, "Well, you can solve X yeah. by doing this." And you can solve by and you're like, "No! Yeah. You don't understand." Oh, I always it. come back with something so obnoxious. So I'm so much meaner than you. Like if he asks me a question about why I can't do something, I can't do it. You know, he's 5'3", he's my height. So I always answer with like, why can't you reach that thing on the top shelf? Oh, you're not tall enough? There's your answer. I can't because I can't. All right? <laughs> why, can't you, why can't you dust our ceiling fan? It's just frustrating. <laughs> Don't ask me questions, okay? <laughs> That's really obnoxious. I, sometimes I feel bad for him. But I mean, in my defense... <sighs> I knew he was difficult when I married him, and I did it anyway. So he had to know that I was going to call him on his bullshit, and I don't mind doing it. He, you know, we're not in danger of divorcing, so we're all we're fine. This is just. It's, uh, but I think that that you know that's for everybody, though. I mean, all of us have at some point. There is no perfect partnership, no. male and female, or that has masculine and and feminine energies within the you know the whatever that might be within the You know, he's lucky I'm as emotionally um, I, mature as I am, or I would not have seen that he was acting that way because he was excited. And I actually had to leave the room to get that clear to get that clarity. I literally just came down for ice water to breathe for a minute and it just like smacked me right in the face. Had I stayed up there and hashed it out with him, I just would have gotten angrier. So like and he never wants me to leave in the middle of like an argument, but like it helps because you have to sit and think for a minute like I especially because I'm I'm I pride myself on being such an observer of the hum, of human behavior. And so but I, sometimes you need space to think like why is this person what's their motivation? Why is he acting this way? It it's not really so that he can show off his blazing intellect because I already know those things about him. So it's like you know What's his motivation? Oh, he wants to help me because he's that's why he's upset. Oh, and then you think, well, what an idiot. Right. Because then, I mean, that's not a nice way to show someone you're excited to help them. But it is an old school Jew way to help. You know, it is like a. I mean, you think about like your your typical Tevias, your Jewish grandfathers and how they helped you by giving you bullshit and like doing all the hard work. And it makes sense. Like when you think about, you know what I mean? Like it makes sense that we, you know, just I don't it doesn't even have to be cultural. But even as a country, our culture is that, you know, the men give us a hard time and tell us they'll take care of it for us because we don't know what we're doing and they do it out of love. So it wasn't that hard to figure out. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess as a person living in this time now, it's it's a, it's old. It's so old. I don't want. I don't want this role anymore. I'm. I feel finished with it, and that's not why I cut yeah. my hair. I, I think it, it, <laughs> it doesn't help. What? It doesn't help that I'm going through these feelings at the same time that like I have a boy's haircut because I think it also makes him suspicious that I'm outgrowing just the need for a husband in general. <laughs> but like, oh my gosh, it is like I just feel like. All right, I'm almost 42. I'm done living in this role. I'm done burning dinners and apologizing for not seeing mess on the floor. Like this is just who I am. I don't I can't be the other person. It just ends up worse. Things just end up worse. I burned dinner so badly last weekend. Like last week trying to surprise him. Oh no. I ruined dude. it and he was so angry, but he wasn't angry at me 
for burning the dinner. He was angry at me for trying to cook in the first place. He was like, I don't want you to cook for me. Not because you can't do it, but because you hate it. And it's not going to go well. I accept this about you. Why can't you accept this about you? And I was like, I just wanted to do something nice. Like he was like, don't. (laughs) No, we had no. We had potatoes and green beans. He was supposed to come home and make steaks. I just wanted the potatoes and green beans done. I wanted to make his favorite thing. It's like an Italian potato green bean garlic dish. And I followed a stupid recipe, which told me to put the garlic in first before the potato. So, of course, the garlic burned into a crisp, made the whole thing bitter. He had to rinse the whole thing. He was uh, so pissed. And plus, you know, he drove home for, you know, he has to drive 45 minutes from work after a long day. You're hungry. So to him, it's just like, I could have just cooked this in 15 minutes. Now dinner's ruined and we're going out. Great. Right. Oh. So it's just that, you know, uh, I guess I'm just going to have to accept this role. And I think other people, you know, I like when I see like articles on BuzzFeed and stuff and like tweets about like memes of of women rolling their eyes as they're being mansplained to, because I just think it's cool that they're getting called out on doing it finally. But I don't know. I guess the moral of the story is they do it for different. They're not always doing it to make you feel stupid, but they should still stop doing it. Yeah. doesn't matter why. But right. I think that there's a there's a, a level of um, what I, I, like listening, mm. listening to what's being asked. I think maybe that's what it is. If it's, it's like I need a solution for this. D- don't oh, just you like you it. said, yeah. don't give me, you know, go get the cow. It was a half hour of me trying to pretend to be interested like, as he slung as much technical jargon right. in my direction as he could. Data Mart, Warehouse. Right. I can't even remember all of them because n- none of it made sense to me. Was, and then I eventually I just stopped him and I just went mid-sentence and I was like, you know I don't know what those terms are, right? <laughs> you know I can't possibly know what that is. Because it's like you started to be like, it even started to have anagrams that he would only have at Comcast, ETF, TPH or whatever. And like, Yeah, that's like, <sighs> it just becomes a little too much, man. We've now wasted a half bit the show little on this, bit but I do time. think it's an important topic mansplaining especially in our world because especially i know there are men out there who listen to the show that may be guilty of this of some of this and then i guess i i guess the only thing we could offer for is just listen to with a question listen to your the question that's being asked that are being asked ask your own question if someone's asking something of you let them be the one to talk and then finally if your wife is having some kind of question about any woman but wives in particular if they're asking you technical questions just talk to them the way you would a client. Don't just say you don't know what you're talking about. That's just rude. Ugh. All right. Yeah. Oh. You better get out. All right. Now, yeah. speaking of men that have no clue, <laughs> time to talk about podcast one. Oh, gosh. I'm Honestly. surprised this article isn't about Donald Trump, but it may as well be because yeah. the head of podcast one, Norm well, sort of. Paddits. Um, has been accused of sexual harassment. Comedian Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop podcast left Podcast One earlier this year and is now at Wondery, the awesomest network ever. And the circumstances behind the move were left undisclosed until now when McDonald went public with tape of an incident involving an off-color joke that McDonald has now called sexual harassment, which was directed at her by founder Norm Paddits, for which Paddits apologized. 
On the episode of Juicy Scoop, McDonald accuses Paddett's of sexual harassment playing a tape of recording session in which her attempt at taping an ad for a bra made with memory foam was interrupted by Paddett's who first praised her show's performance and then when she stumbled on the live, re-joked, wait a minute, can I hold your breasts without help? These hands are memory foam. Ew! I mean, uh-huh. what do you think about this? Well, just from the get-go, duh, that sucks. But this is the part that was... Uh disturbing to me the most. And I'm, you know what? I'm not sure I put this link in here because I did read another article that addressed the same issue because this one that I linked through here, it basically, it, it gives like the essence of, or not the essence, the facts. It kind of sticks to the facts. This is what happened. This is what was said. Here's the podcast episode so you guys can listen to what happened. But I guess a little bit more of a behind the scenes that I read in a different article is that um, you know, after she, you know, she kind of had to, because what happens is, you know, th- stuff like this happens to all a lot of us all the, the time. time. And most of us are like, um, all the time. And so we're either like, oh, ha, 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 yep. right, there's that. And then you kind of, and then so there's nowadays, though, it seems like it's going to be where like, dude, don't, don't say that. You know, now, so basically that's what she, it took her a little bit of time to kind of process what had happened to make her decision to leave podcast one, which I'm sure was not an easy one to, to, to do to some degree because we're always like, well, I am have this really cool deal and it's the show and, you know, they've been supporting me and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff. So I'm sure she, she went through all this crap in her own head. She made the best decision ethically that she could for herself. She can no longer work for somebody who does stuff like that. She moved somewhere away. The first thing that ha- seems to have happened is he offered her more money, Right. And then, obviously, she came back and she said, no, thanks. It's not about the money. Thank you very much. So this conversation happened a little bit more. And then what ended up happening is it seems like Norm sort of impeded or made the transition of taking her files or hosting somewhere else a a real nightmare. Like, he ended up, from what I saw in this article, I, I do hope guys to be able to quote and, and put a quote as to where I got this information, but it seems like he uh, reached out to the um, other hosts, like not hosts, like media hosts and things like that. I don't think it was something like Libsyn or Blueberry. I think it was one of those Pod like um, CMSs yeah. that are a little bit more powerful. Not PodTrack. It was just like a total CMS thing um, to transfer stuff that he was basically saying, don't do it for her. Don't do it. And so it sort of like made things even worse that the transition from one host to the next was uh, made. Um, he basically got angry and made her life miserable. And then I was sort of thinking like, and then so, you know, taking it kind of away from the male, female thing. This is something that can happen anytime somebody else is um, running your RSS feed and you are hosting with a specific type of company. I'm not talking about podcast hosting companies, which are different. It's sort of like Bluehost and Dreamhost. And, you know, they host your website files. So that's what like Libsyn and Blueberry and Spreaker do, that those are podcast hosts where you put your thing there and then you can do whatever you want with it. This would be like going as part of a larger ecosystem where um, they are sort of like the owners around um, your media files that you have to be able to have an exit strategy. And I'm not saying that to be like, you know, to say that you're going to suffer. It's just you want to make sure that it, there's an easy way to do it. Sometimes people don't do it to be mean like Mr. Pattis did. 
But there are some people who, or some areas that you're not going to be able to get your stuff out and you're going to be in a bad place. That's part of the deal. And you may have to start over. Thankfully, she was able to get her files over. But yeah, I mean, this is like. Well, why don't you address the joke? Would you leave if he had made a joke like that to you? Dude, the joke. Oh, my God. I have in the past. I have in the past. And, and I've been in positions where I, I, I also haven't. I, I've, I've felt completely powerless, actually. There's been a couple times when I, I felt like I didn't have a, a choice. I think I said something similarly off-color to Dave Jackson <laughs> at the last time we had dinner together. He ordered something off the menu, and it was it sounded... Well, I had been drinking, but it sounded... <laughs> It sounded phallic, so I I played on the fact that Uh it sounded phallic at a table full of, like, eight other podcasters. No, he's not my boss and vice... No, we're not. I mean, we do, but... Working together, and then you're not... Yeah, you're not his boss, and he's not your boss. But technically, Dave Jackson, I'm sorry if I sexually harassed you. He probably has no recollection of this at all. But, like, it was something like he ordered, like, a taco or a burrito, and I was like, (laughs) something stupid about his burrito. I don't know. It was not important. Not important, not appropriate, uh, but not really. It, again, meant as a joke, and like I don't know that her, I don't know her relationship with n- the normster, but I don't know that I would leave. Ew, it is pretty gross, though. Can I? I'm not. You know, it just depends. It's just you know. It's also the. He- I mean, it's the head. I mean, it's the pre. It's like. Can I hold your breast? Is pretty inappropriate, I but I, think, sure. I do think I was like, I'll hold your burrito or something stupid like that. But like, it's not the same as here. Let me fill you up. Here, let me reach in your pants. I, it is pretty gross. Mm-hmm. I guess that joke is pretty gross. And and also, you never know what the um, power play was within the situation around when this was happening you know what was being said inside the room the mis- possible misconceptions of things you know things like that i guess we could put it out to the to the crew you know when when is it to what if it was a woman who like touched your boobs i mean it should never be your that. boss but also i feel like if i like for whatever crazy turn of events would happen elsie and i was your boss and i made that comment i'm pretty sure you wouldn't quit no, I wouldn't quit because I know, but mind you, we also have, we have a, a friendship, friendship and Norm is generally we're, obnoxious we're, just in daily life. That's a to- just, yes, I've never met him in yeah. person, but just from what I know of him, by simply observing him introduce his own network and, and show hosts, I know he's obnoxious. You don't work yeah. for him unless you already know this. Period. I mean, regardless of how much money you're being offered, you Correct. know that working at Podcast One is going to be a totally Correct, different experience but- than working at Wondery because Hernan is a, is an angel and Norm is the devil. Yeah, and so and so and this is the thing too. It's because you know it seems like Norm also represents or he mirrors a lot of what I can't say old school, but like whatever media companies, particularly in Hollywood and those type of places, are as well. That type mm-hmm. of energy from the leadership whether women or whether woman or man really is still very prevalent there is this sense of you can get away with anything and very power driven i am the all powerful i can dictate what happens here with the talent and basically you are to kiss my feet because i am providing all of this for you. And I think as podcasters, at least particularly in, in, in the space at this, as it's, it stands, we do have 
more power than in any other media industry. Whether or not, you know, like we talked about before, where people are like, well, you know, we're not being seen or women aren't around enough. We really are reaching ears. We are reaching the people that we want to reach. Would we want more? Absolutely. Do we want to get at at a higher level? Uh, Yes. But nobody is stopping us from doing the, the exact media that we want and getting it out there. There is nobody else that's stopping that. So that's a good thing. It's just that I just... I want newer podcasters, especially those that are creating some incredible content with um, that are talented audio artists or that are audio producers who have, um, you know, from the journalistic side or really audio storytellers who are creating this incredible content to really, really think about the type of places that they um, decide to uh, make deals with because... I don't know. I feel we're in a position of, of power. You know, just as really a look, they're first of all, their branding is so male oriented, and then when you look, and then when you look at their main page, okay. oh, yeah. besides well, that, like the premium are. promo, the only other shows that he's there's a, a man show, two shorts, boombox, backseat rider, Dan Patrick, and Adam Carolla. And I mean, there aren't that many women on here, but he doesn't mention Sex with Emily, which is extremely popular. There's not that many, to be honest. There's really not that many women's shows on here. I don't know. I just I just think with Norm, you know what you're going to get. Because his first guy and the guy that is 30% of his business is Adam Carolla, the same guy who says women aren't funny, the same guy who started the man show with Jimmy Kimmel. Like, what do you expect? They're like going to be best buds, of course you really want to be a woman on that network best of luck right but yeah best of luck and I, you you totally get the 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 feel of it now with the whole branding thing i mean it's sort of like to me it would be kind of looking at the branding between espn versus the I'm saying Oprah if you're network. a female stand up comedian they're yeah too, they're, do you they're, go they're, on the man show or do you go on you know a more friendly network like wondery exactly right so you have to just pick and choose and, and see what the essence is and what their, you know, what their culture is inside of that. And you can start to see that kind of stuff um, happening. But um, so anyway, there's there's that. So that's our conversation about is that the only thing we have in terms of men and female is everything I else that we have coming up here. less covered with, um, the, with the, the man We're cast. covered with the whole. <laughs> okay. Ba-dum, gone. Sweet. Okay. So let's, uh, let's move into some news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Woohoo. Uh, so we have, let's see. This is, is one that I, again, because this is really simply just stating, again, just like we did last year. This is a show that was just put up by, by the Smithsonian. How cool is that? It launches a new podcast about technology, history, and museums. And I guess the reason I wanted just to really quickly talk about this is simply to inform you guys that it looks like, you know, like that this is going to be, it continues to be something that mainstream almost anything from anywhere, museums, companies, uh, brands are looking to get this extra amount of content for you that is going to be coming through your ears. So, although this guy, it was really interesting because this per- this was from Paleofutro, paleofuture.gizmodo.com. So I guess it must be a part of Probably. the Gizmodo uh, network here. And um, so the guy who like reported on this does kind of 
He seems to be a podcast listener, and this is what he says. Um, at, towards the end, it says this Smithsonian podcast has a few kinks, but it's a really solid start. Don't let the opening of the first episode turn you off from the, the thing entirely, which makes me want to listen now to see what that is. It has incredible potential, as you can hear in the interviews with Carlene Stevens and Frank Winter. So, I don't know. I just feel like this is a this is something um, interesting for you guys to check out. And I guess the. The biggest news that I see that dropped, I guess, in the industry as of now is um, uh, this new company that has just come out uh, or have they have just launched. um, This uh, came to me via Fast Company with the title, How These Netflix and NPR Vets Plan to Mm -hmm. Reinvent. They're doing it by inventing clamor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a little bit different. It, it actually is a little bit different. I forgot the name of the they. So the startup. This is the startup that they put together. It's called the uh, Tiny Garage Labs, and they say that they aim to reinvent radio for the digital age. Now, what's interesting about that is that I think that yeah, would have been yeah. a better no pressure title than yeah, yes, plan to yes. reinvest podcasts no. because that's not what they're doing. In fact. When you, if you read the article, you understand that that's not what they're doing, which is one of those things again yes. with the title that totally sucks. No, but because that's not what this gets more clickbait. Is about. It's click traffic. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. So that, but that was really super annoying. And but I, what's really interesting to me is that these cats do have some experience with whatever that they're with the stuff that they're doing. Uh, one guy like worked with uh, Netflix forever, specifically about the algorithm that they were working in there. And the other guy's been working within uh, radio and creating, um, you know, within the radio industry for a, quite a long time. And um, he, they really are supposedly here, in, in quotes, focusing on being able to solve the problem of the ease of use of radio versus digital audio content. We're not talking podcasting here. We're talking about the fact that regardless of anything, when you get inside your car and you happen to not have a hookup with your phone or whatever, what you're going to do is you're going to turn on your radio and you're just going to listen. Like you're not going to sit there and go like, oh, I want to go here. Like, And if the music stops or if you can't get that that um, specific station, you press buttons and you move to a different one. And it really doesn't matter what's playing. Usually it's music. Sometimes you stop at a con- conversation. But, the, but it, it's the ease of use of that that they're trying to recreate via this app. So what do you think, Miss Jess, about this? I just I I never understand why people are doing stuff that feels like I don't know it just always feels like somebody else already did it and they're still trying so hard to make it like innovative. Yeah, let me tell you why when I kept reading this article the, it did hit on something that I was like, okay, so they're doing something that's a little bit more which is that they're also in addition to creating this app, which is going to focus on really short form content, existing content, right? Stuff that, which I'm not quite sure right. how they're going to make work. Existing content, I'm not sure if they're going to be like cutting podcasts into little pieces. Like, I'm not sure how that works. And why that's imp- also- like, why can't you just push stop? Sure. They want the <laughs> algorithm of how you're supposed to consume, like based on your ability to either say, oh, I like that conversation and like it 
they're going to base the al- they're going to start to deliver um you know the stuff based upon the stuff you like just like Netflix does if you've been watching a specific show then they'll start to offer you things that you might like about that mm. and the algorithm for Netflix is very good you know if my girls don't get inside there and and you know start watching TV like cartoons because that'll skew the algorithm altogether. But <laughs> it's, it's more annoying actually. I have one kid that watches horror flicks and like so SVU, annoying. and then I have another kid that watches like right Family Guy and American Dad, and it's just very annoying. Like this is recommended for you, and I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> There's no way I should be watching House of a Thousand Corpses and yeah. SpongeBob just makes no sense it is it is which is it's annoying as i'll get out it makes me so upset but they when it works it works you know but that's an issue for netflix now here's the other thing that's really interesting that they're they're, that they're doing too here is that they are going to in addition to creating this app because that's again the app with the algorithm with the short form content the whole point is that not all not every not all uh, websites or and things like that are inside of this app, right? It's it's basically proprietary to some degree. So what they're doing is they are reaching out to newsrooms and media organizations to produce their own short form podcast in house. So let's say there is a small, I don't know, media organization somewhere or a, a smaller newsroom that is really providing key information, but they honestly don't have time to be creating a podcast. It's like, no. So (laughs) this is what they're doing. So it basically, they said, quote, but realizing that that isn't feasible for everyone, they're offering a much easier on-ramp to the podcasting revolution for those who are eager to start turning readers into listeners through partnerships with outlets like The Guardian, Wired, The Atlantic, Quartz, The Washington Post, and others. 60DB is publishing new shows that follow a simple formula. When reporters file a new story that might work as an audio piece, one of the 60DB's on-staff hosts will conduct a short interview with a writer, do a little editing and production, oh God, work on their so end, boring. and voila, I kill myself. a new episode is published, unquote. <laughs> well, I just think that that's interesting that they are basic, because I've, I've seen that too, like from my end of things, I'm like, why don't these people have a podcast? And I'm like, well, I want to produce it then for you because you need it. All you and then in my head I'm like all you have to do is do X Y Z. You're right. I mean in that and so these guys have seen that because there's going to be a lot of organizations who have no. In that sense, it's no that they're they're just going to do it for them. And so what they're trying to figure out is presumably at this point that there's going to be some kind of you know payment or income or something. But at the start of it, it's really going to be just a partnership. They're just going to create this, and I guess in the future they'll figure out like what that is. Because what they feel that it is more important to have as much content that um, mm-hmm. is appealing inside of this app than right. um, than not having it, right? So I'm just intrigued. I mean, I I, I actually f- see the potential around this better than. I don't even know if we talked about it. That one yeah. other app that was coming out. Like, I don't know if we talked about it either, but I know exactly what you're talking like, about. I think on, last see. time Did we, we talked talk about, about it. Time? Yeah, it was a new, yeah. I don't know because we ha- we hit it. I'm not sure. It was the new one that's like sort of like. Yeah, clam- it's almost exactly like Clamor, but not. Yeah, this one's a little bit longer than that. It just seems that there's a little bit more of understanding. Something Something's in here that in- is intriguing to me, like at a gut level. So I'm like, we'll see where this one goes. I- I'd like to check it out. 
I like their their mindset. It's slightly different than than the other um, company, which I was like, eh. But I just don't think no. I, they're not trying to reinvent podcasts. That's what my complete. They're yeah. not trying. They're trying to do something else with audio. They're, they're trying not even to trying to reinvent anything. They're just radio trying to invent more something. than they're trying to. In fact, they have invented no. it. It's a yeah. new form of audio. Ta da! Why does it have to be? Why does everything have to reinvent something else? Why can't one effing person be an innovator? I don't know. Like or- we always have to recycle something and make a change to it. Yeah, and and actually, what what's really frustrating is because I'm sure that they they have to fight to see like, no, this is what they this is why it's innovative. And then, regardless of what it is, the person who's reporting on it is going to shift it around and go like, this is exactly like a reinvention of X, a recycled version of Y. And you're going to be like, shut up. Anyway, I thought this this is a, another moving on. Moving, if you're, if you are you finished with that? It looks like they didn't learn any lessons from okay. the whole we're canceling Vine thing because they they reinvented well, audio for about five minutes and now it's vines in the toilet. There is no more Vine. You mean vine audio? Go- I mean video. Video. What did I say? Yeah. Audio. Oh, yeah. They have reinvented YouTube and it's a totally different way to do audio. Six seconds, seven seconds, and people made millions with their Vine channels. And now, bye bye. So that would be great yeah. if this goes, it, it becomes successful. Yeah, yeah. But how long can it be? I mean, why didn't Vine last? What's going on there? Are we tired of six seconds? Is that too little? Because we're not tired of 140 characters yet, although I've been tired of that since the beginning. Yeah, cause no, it totally addresses the the issue that you're ex- exactly w- w- Vine. You have to go into Vine to do. This you will be available be, everywhere, know, right? That's and, the point. Well, no, no, no. This is not. It's actually an app, which is a problem that they're trying to address. So is Vine. So they're keeping it open. So no, it's slightly different, but yeah. But I completely understand what you're talking about. And it's I like, know. hey, let's launch something just like the thing that bombed. <laughs> it's a great idea. Yay, I'm a genius. Um, but I think that this next little thing here is going to interest you. So this is the headline. Do Rising... you? No, I'm just yes, kidding. I do. Seriously. <laughs> Rising podcast star gets Hollywood cast, comma, Apple Embrace. And I was like, Apple Embrace? Oh, yeah, that's what, that's what called me to this. I was like, hmm. But then, you know, I was like, what is this? So this is again. Okay, so this is Gimlet. Gimlet is launching. They actually just released their, their um, or fall French, season. Gimlet. Jimlet. Oh my God. Le Jimlet. I don't think that they would like Jimlet. Jimlet. Um, but anyway, so Gimlet just shared their latest fall season of shows. And that totally didn't really interest me at all. But what did interest me is that one of their shows um, is, I think it's called, is, is this one it? The Homecoming. And they are, dude, they are being sponsored. By iBooks, the iBooks department from Apple. I think that's so cool. If they have, you know, that's huge. That's if they're huge listening, too. Ben Franklin's World would probably be a great place for them to advertise as well. For I, oh, yeah. The iBooks. Like, yeah, yeah. Anybody who is a book person, if you're listening, Ben Franklin's World is probably, those people are reading fools. Yeah. That audience. Sorry, am I getting agent Let me take that hat off. Sorry. No, no, no. That's totally cool. But see, the, so here's what homecoming is about. It's, it, it's, it says, you know, let me see, including Homecoming, uh, a scripted fictional serial voiced by star actors Catherine Keener, Oscar Isaac, and David Schwimmer. The show, which debuts November 16th, counts Apple Inc.'s iBooks division as the exclusive sponsor, a sign of confidence in one of the medium's rising stars. So 
Oh, I, I think this bears. Oh, my. News. I think the I real mean, question huge. is who the hell is Oscar Isaac? <laughs> no, just, uh, no oh, I mean, I know the other two. No, I, mean, I totally don't know who it is. But like, well, Catherine I don't Keener, know either. I don't really. Catherine Keener is, um, let's see, what would you have seen her in? <laughs> Some fun stuff. Uh, well, 40 year old virgin. Uh, she plays the love interest. Um, she was also that weird. Have you ever seen Malkovich being John Malkovich? Such a weird movie. She was in that. Yeah. And then what's the one with the kids show host with Robin Williams? And um, oh, God, he plays a dinosaur. He's like a Barney character that gets offed by the network. And he's like really sweet and nice. And she's like very jaded. She slept her way to the top with all the different kids show hosts terrible what the hell is the name of it oh god i know people right now are screaming into the into the microphone because that happens a lot i'm gonna tell you what it is it's like not get shorty but it's like somebody scrawny or scrunchy hold on you don't really don't know this movie no why am i asking you you would never know this movie (laughs) Why I don't the- know people's. I don't know like names of movies. And uh, mind you, coming back to Oscar Isaac, dude. Who is it? He's cutest, he's, cutest, he's Guatemalan. He's so cute. What a waste is for him to do but, audio with that face. No, what dude. Put him. I know, dude. He hasn't wasted. He was in the Star Wars movie. Oh, never mind. In the latest one. You're right. Oh my god, he's so cute. So he's not wasted. He's very death cute. to Smoochie. Oh my god! That's How would the I name have of ever know? Death that? to Smoochie. That's not something that I would have known. At Probably all. not worth watching, but she was funny in it. They were all funny in it. Okay. Smoochie. Okay. So anyway, regardless, so these guys are cool and awesome. But now yes. here's a little bit more. Oh. This is a little bit more that I think really is exciting me more and more and more and more. And this is about the podcasting industry. And I think it's something that I really, really, really myself want to focus on creating and, and consulting about and around is, again, like we talked about last time, transmedia and how, what that's happening. And mm-hmm. that's actually what they're doing here. Now, this is where the innovation in podcast advertising is happening. I'm so excited. So, okay. So this is a scripted show. You cannot really have an ad in the middle of a scripted show that is telling a story because that doesn't really work. We've talked about this before. Well, no, here's the thing. So now this is how they've solved the problem. With Homecoming, quote from the article, with Homecoming, uh, Gimlet is adding its own post-show recap, an add-on that has become popular with TV shows such as The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones. Created e- creator Eli Horowitz will, st- will talk for three to five minutes about the making of the podcast and the books that inspired the show. So it is kind of like the, that's the way that they're bringing the advertising. So the post show was born out of Apple's sponsorship. Horowitz didn't want to interrupt each episode with an ad. That's a big ask, but we are able to make it happen because Apple was interested in this idea, says Nazanim Rafsanjani, do, like, who runs audio... Gimlet's in-house creator. Sorry. Wait, just, what? I totally ruined no, no, that. No, I'm sorry. Don't you think you can do like in like in audio product placement? She picked up you her can, iPhone I, and searched for the iBooks app. <laughs> I guess not. not. Cool. That's and, it, and it, the story is not about the iBooks thing. No, but I, I know. I do think that I, I really love, I really love that that this is something that they're trying and that they're trying to do it because they don't want to interrupt the episodes and also it's encouraging the community to to deepen the conversation, whatever that might be, because. I don't know about, well, I don't know. I actually don't know really too much about your habits in terms of consumption for media. But when I get obsessed with a specific 
piece of media, whether it be a book or a, a movie or something like that, I start to you know consume it, and then I want to know everything there is to know about it. Like, where did the story come from? Like, was this based on a book? Or if it's a book, like, when was this written? And who's the author? And what about what else is happening? In, you know, here and and so for me to be able to get deep into whatever the conversation is around homecoming to have them give me more information about it afterwards, I'd be so much more apt to go inside of those books and to really... That's really true. So, I don't know. You're right. So, no, it's pretty innovative. I feel like lately I'm like the I'm Debbie Downer of everything we talk about. <laughs> I don't really want to have that role because you're always so excited and I sort of feel like I'm playing devil's advocate, but now I realize it's for like no reason whatsoever. I think this is pretty cool. I think, I mean, I love the fact that they're putting celebrities on audio I just love the fact that uh, that Apple is a, is is an exclusive advertiser for a podcast. I think it's that's pretty huge. innovative. I wonder why they decided. Uh, uh, you know what? What's his name? Blumberg must have been in talks with them for a long time. I know. That's what I would. I would have liked to have known Me what the conversation too. was like. Ooh. And I don't know if went, where the push was. Like, did it come from the story? Did it come from the actors? They just did it come friends? from like? Yeah, <laughs> I. I I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I want to know what me that was too, like. Me too. I want the backstory on that. Forget the, forget the how we maybe made they'll the show. talk about it in Star. Us about how you startup. made the deal, not how you startup. made the show. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> now I'm so super interested in this. So I'm gonna, of course, have to listen to the story because now I can imagine yeah. this this gorgeous man talking in my ear. Okay, so now we're gonna talk about the weird and wild show of the week. All right. So from this one, both that's the lamest jingle I've ever heard. These two are actually kind of back to back. And I'm not sure like I put these out there because it it was intriguing to me. And I know that this is not unusual. I mean, this is not new, not not unusual. There's two. Oh, see, this is really weird. So Naked. the first one, let's. I'm gonna actually talk about the Naked. Ability Podcast first, and then go to Sick Boy. So right, okay. the first podcast is called the Ability Podcast, and it's a uh, uh, a student uh, who st- who basically is looking at disability. Inter- basically, he is interviewing other people that have disabilities as well. What's his disability? He, I believe, it looks like he has, and just from the picture here, it looks like he has cerebral palsy. Oh. Uh, and, and a little something else. I'm not sure. Oh. Something. Wait. But I'm not sure. I don't think he there's a description like, um, of exactly what his disability is. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. You know, I'm not, I don't think he says that. But he gets an opportunity to, which is really great because as, as a disabled um, person, when he's talking to other people that have gone through their disabilities, he is then again in awe of what somebody else goes through. Like, like he comments in this article that I'm going to put in the show notes how how hard it would be if you were blind, you know. And it's interesting because he is, you know, in a wheelchair. So it's interesting how we kind of even we can learn from each other in all of these different types of perspectives. I mean, so, yeah, it's all about perspective, right? I'd rather wheel yep. around not be able to see or hear, but then people who have those things are like, well, I don't want to be in a wheelchair. So yep. it just depends on what you, it's the devil you know, I guess, right? Absolutely. And he says, this is his last um, quote that he says in this article, it says, not every disability is the same. We're not going to get people to acknowledge that these disabilities, uh, what these disabilities are, unless they get comfortable asking questions. So just the conversation around this, I think it's beautiful. And this is, it, it's called... Um, let me see. I would the like ability podcast. Go ahead. I would just like to add the disclaimer that this show is neither weird nor wild. 
Yeah, no. But I'm glad you brought <laughs> well, it up, but I don't want it to well, no, anyone no, who's but listening think- to be like, disabled people aren't weird. No, but I think weird and wild is what, what, like, what I see when I see weird and wild, it's like somebody that's breaking boundaries. Yeah, something new. That in some way doing new and interesting. I just don't want the feedback that I'm somehow, that Jessica is now not just sexist (laughs) and sex negative, but, you know... Hates disabled people. I, I don't it. see. So when yeah, when I see weird, I'm and always wild, the villain I think, in like, this situation. Innovation, something different, something that's yes. creative, not or weird whatever. nor so, wild, but amazing and cool. That's such a good idea for a podcast. I agree totally. And so, and then in, in the same vein, here's another one, and this one is called Sick Boy, and it takes the view of disability again. Actually, this guy is sick, so he is. I'm not sure how sick, sick and I'm not sick sure fibrosis. It, Cystic, exactly. So he and no his buddies decided to do a comedy podcast about his friend being sick. Mainly affects digestive system and lungs. Can't yeah. digest fats and proteins. Can't absorb nutrients. Lung damage, diabetes, and sinus infections. So basically like a chronic cold forever, which must be so irritating. It's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, he's talking that he has all this mucus and they make kind of fun of that. And so basically, uh, and part of this article says it's called Sick Boy Podcast and it's hosted by the Halifax Trio. Episodes feature guests who are battling different physical and mental illnesses or who experience stigma. It's a comedy podcast, he says. The idea is to mine for the humor within the human experience of being Great sick. Great idea. Co-host Brian Stever says there's nothing funny about illness and in and of itself, but the experiences that go along with illness can sometimes be laughable so um so true i like that it's really great that they're doing this from this perspective i love that they are pushing boundaries again and and you know i don't know I, i mean it's just great to have that type of conversation out and to have these guys putting this stuff out there and to have even like i don't know i would like i to just let cystic fibrosis in in be embodied because you know that's one of those illnesses that they make you so scared when you get pregnant. Did that happen to you? What? That I was afraid when, of... When c- you got pregnant, you're like, cystic, cystic fibrosis, you'll have to test for cystic fibrosis and it's just so horrible and it's like no. one of those pre- pre-screening that was like thrown in my face. No, because the I first time around twice. I was 21 and I didn't, I didn't no. really know what it was. Um, and I mean, I guess I was screened for it, but I don't recall. And even if I had, they probably would have let me go through with the pregnancy because i was so young and this last time around i already knew the embryos don't have cystic i mean they tested for that before they planted me with isaac oh so then you didn't no i had to spend in fact that test was five thousand dollars you had to oh my god and and, and insurance doesn't cover it but because i was after a certain age you have to test for cerebral palsy cystic fibrosis um and some other genetic stuff down syndrome etc so i knew so now i know that every embryo that was going in the uterus was was like you know what do they call uh best of the best (laughs) Mm. and actually that's Mm -hmm. been pointed out to me like people will say oh he's so smart he has such a great temperament such a good sense of humor and i'm like yes he's genetically superior i (laughs) he didn't have to you know he wasn't just some random swimmer he's been tested and stamped with approval you see that? Holy cow, I didn't know that. They, and and then it started me thinking about, I really wish I could remember who I was having this conversation with, but it really made me start thinking about how you really could change our society subtly, and maybe it's already happening where mm, not... That's a huge conversation. Know, but like if you think about all the older moms that are having children this way, 
And without realizing uh, it, we are sort of Darwinizing our society true. because not only is he not tested for, you know, but whatever, but like he had to survive all this BS. He had right. that sperm and egg had to grow in a. I mean, you really have to be determined to survive. In order to totally. get through IVF and that test and come back, I mean, it was frozen for a week, then it's implanted. I mean, but they do test for genetic, not just abnormalities, but like, then let's say you have however many you have. They take the one with the best survival level. They take the one, it's like, and mm. so I remember I told you I got to choose between a boy and a girl, and the girl had the, the girl had the better shot, but she said it was like by a fraction. So it was like, okay. Oh, but they wow. still, out of the two boys, chose the boy that, I don't know, had the best, I don't even know if it's survival rate. They just look at a bunch of different numbers and say, all right, this is the strongest embryo. Let's do it. But but I don't know what else they're looking at. For all I know, it was strongest. I mean, you know, they have the DNA. Is he the one that's yeah. not going bald? Is he the one that can go to Harvard? <laughs> is this the one right. that can cure cancer? We don't know. But you know, I, don't, I mean, because I'm not a doctor, so now I'm speculating that my kid's going to cure cancer. But like, I'm just saying like, right. It's interesting how, like, I wonder if younger moms will also opt to, instead of conceive the natural way, even though you can, you can also choose to, you know, to marry your sperm and egg together in this scenario and then have doctors choose the one that's the best of both of you. Because that's technically what happened with him. I know. That's a science fiction thriller. It really is. I will say this. He's not without flaw. He's still the messiest child I've ever met, much less... (laughs) gave him birth to he, that he, is a thriller horror film waiting to happen i know one of those ones that leave you thinking horror, at the end of it, going, it oh my god no it could because that's like i don't know i mean whenever men start to or like science starts to interrupt nature in some way there's something that it's kind of like you know those movies about the drugs that the drugs that make you super smart and then all of a sudden like yes that takes people to another place and it becomes like the death of movies always have to go to the worst case scenario but what if it's the best case scenario what if all of a sudden we're giving birth to people that might actually take care of us when we're old instead of stealing our money and letting us rot correct in a a, you know in an old folks home what if we're finally giving birth yeah to a generation of people that give a crap about our society wouldn't that be nice that would be nice. Instead of, just randomly, instead of just randomly getting drunk and seeing what's what by procreating, we could actually do it with some thought. <laughs> Possibly. You know? Possibly. I wouldn't mind That's if... That's the best case yeah. scenario. I have to say, though, human nature is very interesting. I wouldn't mind if half of our... Sis- if at least half of the people in my son's class, you know, were bred for their intellect and compassion instead of just, you know, nature's whim... I don't think you can see compassion inside of I DNA, was just can making you? Ex- not, not, I don't know nice? if they can. Can they even see intellect? So, I don't know what you can see know. in there. I thought you could only see like freckles and baldness. I don't know what you see yeah, in there. Yeah, but that's also pff, freckles and baldness. No, but I mean, yeah, that's a huge conversation though, I dude. Know. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, it's huge. But fascinating, um, So right? do you have a... We are fascinated. What is your show? Oh, so my show is Coroner Talk. CoronerTalk.com. And like the dead people? Yes. Yes. No yes. way. Um, so this is what Coroner Talk is. It's technically a podcast about. Uh, okay, so I'll just read you the about because it's just easier than me doing it in my own words. Yeah, totally. Um, Coroner Talk is more than a website. They're a community of professionals in the field of death investigation. Coroner. Oh my god! 
Yes, coroner, local police, <sighs> county law enforcement, EMS professional, medical examiner, or anyone in between. This is the right I community. You pro- they provide training and resources to coroners and death investigators by and from professionals around the world in a peer-to-peer. I'm popping. I can hear myself popping peas. In a peer-to-peer training environment. I He says, I recognize the training available for coroners and small department investigators was limited by resources such as time away. So I developed a podcast. Wow. Now... The reason I love it is because if you're into the true crime thing, I mean, it does not get more true than oh talking God, I to love the this. friggin' corners. Dude, I love it. But it's also, I love that it's small town. What is more, this is what movies are really made of. What is more fascinating yeah. than like, than like serial killers in bubfuck, you know, New Mexico and Missouri and like, yeah, cultural, they have shows about cultural diversity and anger de-escalation. Um, dealing with tragedy, nursing home death. Yeah, dealing with tragedy <gasps> associated with the day to day duties of police officers, tools and impression evidence, identifying evidence in infant deaths. Vi- oh my god! And look at this: overcoming the good old boys yeah. club. Hmm. Las hmm. Vegas coroner, an interview with John Fudenberg, our meteorological, medicological. I don't even know what that says. Death investigators are 50% detectives and 50% social workers. They're oh one God, minute they're investigating it. a horrific homicide and the next minute they're notifying the family members. It's fat it's fascinating. It is a fascinating, is fascinating show. I wish I had more time to listen to all this crap cuz I totally It's would. medical legal. That's the word. Medical I was legal. trying to say medicological or <laughs> Yeah, paralegal that's weird but that was wrong that was all wrong. wrong words yeah so cornertalk.com super fascinating stuff <gasps> I, love I didn't know you would love it but i'm glad yes i do i'm, I'm a fan i'm a fan this is so fun yeah i know well I good know. so i think we're done with the talking we're so done with today. the talking i hope that you don't but mind we that we do it was have long. you guys come to uh, fod fusion fod fusion fod, fod fusion, fusion people, people. <laughs> you guys, you need to get your tickets, and we have a um, we have a, a code. We have a code through the promo end of November, code. so you guys need to promo code promo code she podcast one word she podcast uh one word. You get seventy seven dollars off of the three day pass. The she podcast so yeah she Don't podcasts at the end. She podcasts seventy seven dollars off the three day pass, guys. You yes. can go over to shepodcast.com slash pod fusion to learn a little bit more about what we're going to be doing there but it's really part of a larger workshop celebration event so fun elsie when you go to this event you're going to be like why would i ever go to any other event it is so intimate and small and fun and um our event in particular is unprecedented nothing has ever been done like this before because nope. we're doing we're not doing how to start a podcast we're not doing how to make money with your podcast we are going to teach you different ways of podcasting kind of like we were talking about with that app like different ways to approach the audio and the show you're already doing creative ways of doing that as well as creative ways of using your voice and storytelling and interview and stuff like that and the she podcast awards are we going to dress up for that and like a yeah. should i bring like I a know. ball well, game Dude, I don't even know if we have time, but if we should, it would be so fun if we had like a fancy, I don't know, I should go get, wouldn't it be fun if we all dressed up like prom? I was just going to say, like should I get a fancy prom? Is there enough tool on this planet that will cover me? That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I, it's but funny because it be I would never wear a dress with tool. 
But we would have, yeah, I don't know about that. But that would be kind of fun. It but would anyway, be fun, but I don't know you guys, you need to but show yes, up. yes, please come. We would love to see you. We would love to work she... with you. And we need to decide, you know, I, I hate to bring this up live, but we need to decide if we're going to also do clients that weekend and, and have people work with us I don't us think we're going to be doing clients, but do remember, we are going to be giving away a session with us as well or or a handful of sessions. Oh, so we'll that's see, right. For okay, those yes. of you guys who buy mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, ticket. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you get the ticket, we're, we're actually going to You're entered into a be, drawing, right? You are entered. Yes, you are entered into a drawing. We don't know how many people we're going to pick as of yet. Probably, I don't know, somewhere between three and five. But it's not going to be live. So we're not going to be doing the one-on-one stuff at in Florida. But you guys are going to get the one-two punch with us, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot more than ShePodcast, than, than what you would pay for Podfusion. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you go to ShePodcast.com slash... Podfusion, use the code SHEPODCAST, get $77 off. And then email info at SHEPODCAST.com with your receipt that you bought it, and you will be entered into a drawing to work with us. And we will announce the winners sometime in December. Right on. Yay. That's well, it. it's been real, people. <laughs> Do everything we it's said. Real. Don't forget. Do everything we say. And then, uh, yeah, send feedback over at feedback at shepodcast.com. You can join our group, shepodcast.com slash group, right? Or facebook.com slash group slash shepodcasts. Yes. And us um, on, follow us yes, on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, shepodcasts, and on our Facebook group at shepodcast. And you can also send us feedback at shepodcast.com. Thank you so much. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.